This is episode 19 with Pia Silva. Welcome to the Apitalize on Your Idea podcast, helping you bring any idea to fruition. Now, here's the guy who makes it all happen while keeping his day job, Justin Escar. What's up, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great November. Uh, I'm super excited about today's episode for two reasons. One, we have Pia Silva on from Worst of All Design in Brooklyn to talk about branding, and she's awesome. Um, I've worked with Pia myself on my own stuff. Um, and actually, the day this episode is going up, she's going to be speaking at the Inventors Association of Manhattan. Uh, so if you're in Manhattan, check it out. Uh, Inventors Association of Manhattan on meetups and come check that out. That's at the uh, Chrysler Building on 42nd and like Lexington. <coughs> The other reason I'm super excited is that uh, my company, Entrive, has released a new app called Good Night. This is something we've been working on pretty much all summer, and uh, I'm finally able to talk about it now publicly on the podcast. And much like everything else I've done, I followed the exact same steps that I've done it with. I outsourced the design. I outsourced the code. I built the site on WordPress, put it up in the app store, and boom, within a day, we already have a whole bunch of downloads, and I haven't really been telling people about it. Because it got approved Friday at 5 p.m. And let's be honest, no one's really looking for parental apps Friday at 5 p.m. Everyone's thinking about going home and having a beer, right? So I'm super excited about that. So check that out. It's on our website, autrieve.com or in the iOS store. Look up Goodnight uh, Parent Monitor and then in the Android store, it's just called Goodnight. Um, or go to goodnight-app.com. Um, so if you have kids, Goodnight's a great app for you. The idea is that you put the app on your phone and you put the app on your kid's phone. You set your kids up on your phone as like the parent and you say like, okay, my child Susie goes to sleep at nine and wakes up at seven and you put it on Susie's phone. You log in, you say that that phone is Susie's. And if the phone is used during that time between let's say 9 p.m. and 7 a.m., you get a notification, whether it be email or push to let you know that they're on their phone when they shouldn't be. And uh, we built this really cool feature, and I'm super happy about this one. If they delete the app, you get an email saying, we haven't received the heartbeat of the app in a while. Make sure your kid's not, you know, deleting the app. So they think they're smarter than us, but they're not. And as someone who doesn't even have kids, even though, um, like I said, Michelle is pregnant, and we're expecting our first boy in, in February, and by the time he gets an iPhone, it'll be a different story. I know this is a problem, you know, uh, as part of my day job as a consultant, this is things that parents have asked me about saying like, how do I keep my kid off their phone at night or where are there no parental controls on the iPhone and stuff like that. So this is a great example of an idea coming from work, an idea coming from my life. I saw something that my clients were asking me about and I just made it for them and, and it took a couple months to build it and here it is. So I'm super excited about that. But enough about that. Let's talk about today with Pia. Uh, so Pia's on. Uh, Worst of All Design is a, a branding company, like I said, in Brooklyn. And and we talk about that how branding is like the first step in marketing. Your brand is what makes you, right? People know brands. People know company names, but you really know, your, you know them because of their brands, right? Because if I say, just do it, you know it's Nike. If I say the real thing, you know it's Coca-Cola. Um... And those are their brands. These are these are these are the logos and the and the wording and how you're presenting yourself before anything is ever said about your company or what you do. 
and and the idea and people will talk about this is to create this emotional connection between the customer and your company so i think it's really powerful stuff so uh without further ado i'm going to stop talking for a little while and i want you to listen to the interview that i had with pia silva What's up, everybody? I hope everyone's having a great day today. Thanks so much for being here with us on Appitalize on Your Idea, the podcast. Today, I'm like super, super excited to bring on uh, someone who I know and trust very much, Pia Silva, partner at Badass Branding Co. Uh, company, Worst of All Design, out of Brooklyn. She's helped me with some branding, and I'm going to have her, I'm going to bring her on to help you guys with branding. Pia, what's going on today? Hey, Justin. Great to be here. So thanks for being here. Uh, just so people know, so I met Pia through um, Bruce Zutler, which if you don't know that name, that's because you haven't read my book. So go buy my book. And uh, Bruce ran a company called MCI Products, now known as Ven, De- um, Ven, Ven Products Group. Ven Products Group. Pia knows that because Pia helped him uh, brand that. And then I met, so I met Pia through Bruce. Um, and then she helped me with some of my stuff. And we'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about branding in general. But uh, Pia, the reason I want to have you on today is the Appitalizer community, the people who are, are starting these companies and starting these products, branding is such a massively important part of this, right? It's not just getting the word out. It's getting the right word out or getting your message across. And that, to me, that's all branding, and I'm hoping you agree. So, so talk to us a little bit about what you do and um, we'll talk about like how people can brand better or some pitfalls and stuff like that. So let's start off with like what what exactly do you do in terms of branding? Sure. So uh, I think I want to back it up and just talk about what branding is because I think a lot of people um, say they need a brand, they know they need a brand. It's kind of a buzzword right now, but I don't think most people truly understand how powerful a brand can be and what it really is. Um, So a a brand is is everything about a company, but it's really the emotional experience and connection that the customer has to the brand. Um, And I make that distinction, I'd like to make it very clearly because I think a lot of business owners think of brands as what they think their company is all about, but your brand is actually what your customers think your brand is all about. And it's often not the same thing if you haven't put a lot of time and thought into to creating a brand that is easy to digest for your customers. So with that said, what we do is help uh, our clients and, and business owners, and uh, I love small businesses. It's my, it's my favorite thing to talk about and, and work on, so that's, that's where my passion lies. Um, help those, those small business owners figure out what that story or message is, what about it authentically makes it different, and then how to communicate that so that their idea of what their brand is is also what their customer or client's idea of what their brand is. It's very important that those two things match up. So that's interesting. An emotional, I never thought about it that way, an emotional connection uh, that the customer is having. So how your customers will perceive your company, your product, yeah? Absolutely. And you know, a lot of this is unconscious. 
um, which is why I think that the uh, elusive definition of branding, um, but I'll give you an example. Um, you may never have driven an expensive Mercedes, but you can imagine what it would feel like to get into a Mercedes and sit down in the leather seats and, and drive really fast in the car. That's an emotional experience that Mercedes has created for us, the consumers. We have, don't have to have ever used the product to have an emotional response to the idea of Mercedes. But would you say that's more like let's say marketing i mean I, i'm assuming you know i know that brand is part of marketing but would you say it's more because of the marketing or the commercials that they show these elegant cars and such like that or or is it something else that actually ties that all to us yeah so branding and marketing are very intertwined um branding is is the first step in marketing you, you you won't have a successful marketing campaign if you don't have a solid brand so yes that um, emotional connection is from the marketing. The marketing is what builds the brand story, but they wouldn't be able to produce those commercials that give you that emotional experience without knowing what the emotional experience that they're trying to create is all about. And that's their brand. So gotcha. that's the basis. Okay. So let's say someone's inventing a product or coming up with a new company idea or whatever it is. How do they... I mean, other than calling you and getting your professional opinion, how do they, uh, you know, start to figure out what their brand should be or get them in the right path? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I try to help people figure out how to do this by themselves all the time. So, um, you know, uh, some tools and tactics that I give people is that you really want to first, um, first, I'd say first level. So, brain dump onto a piece of paper all the things that you think your product uh, is about, are about, and then try to go next level with it. So, um, you know, the first level is the things that, it tends to be regurgitation of things that we've already heard. So when you're starting a company, you tend to think like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, uh, sexy and luxury because that's, um, you know, that's a competitor that I like. So I'm going to kind of uh, go off of that. But what the problem with that is when you're a small business or you're a business starting out, if you try to um, replicate a competitor's brand, you're really just competing with them. And they have a huge head start, so they're going to crush you. Uh, so for me, going second level or next level is trying to figure out, okay, now that I said luxury, um, what about this is luxury? How can I find something um, specific and special about my brand that is more unique than just the word luxury, which is a very generic term. So looking for more unique, differentiated um, elements of what you're selling is one part of it. Uh, another way to approach it and an important thing to do is to identify your target market, understand your customer, and understand what they're looking for, and try to be very specific about it. I mean, just all women and men ages 30 to uh, 70 is not really a target market, but females from age 25 to 32 who, you know, like to buy organic food, that's a very specific target market. So there are different avenues um, to go through, but the more specific you can be, uh, the more badass your brand is going to be overall. Right. And so those, so the, now the question comes down to is, I mean, I don't know if you can help with this, but how yeah. does someone specify what that target market is, right? So like, Let's let's take for argument sakes because you know my apps. Let's take NYC yeah. Truck Food for argument sakes. Okay. Yeah. Um, NYC Truck Food is a food truck finder uh, for 
people in New York. Now, there's 6 million people who live in New York. That's not a very good target market necessarily because it's too broad. Um, but now, so we now have to figure out, I, I mean, for this one, it's going to be like, well, let's find people who like truck food. And then, and then, uh, but do we have to specify further than that? Like how detailed should that target market be? You know, there's no um, shoulds. It's more about how quickly do you want to be adopted by a market. So the more specific you are, the more, uh, the more, the easier it will be to uh, find those people, and then the easier it'll be for those people to self-identify as your target market and therefore adopt your product. So, for example, um, the food truck app. Okay, well. You know, yeah, anyone who eats off of a food truck might be your target market theoretically, but I would say that you're probably would be a much stronger case to start looking at people who use apps a lot, who use Yelp a lot. Um, you know, are older people who take a lot of cabs using take uh, using food trucks as much? Probably not. You're probably going for a younger demographic. Um, but there's also a lot of food trucks that have pretty artisanal food, and I know. I just bought like a $9 ice cream from Van Leeuwen's food truck the other day, <laughs> and that was insane. So food trucks are not for, you know, poor people. <laughs> They're not, a lot of them are very uh, ritzy. So, right. you know, you could theoretically go after a target market that is into that kind of artisanal food, is willing to spend $9 on an ice cream on a root beer float with like organic homemade root was beer. It, I mean, was it's it like delicious? insane. It was it was incredible, but yeah. like, how is a root beer float gonna not be delicious anyway? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a sucker for that brand. You know, it's a good, it's a good brand. It feels good um, to buy it. So I'm just saying that you, if you are very specific about that, that being your target, well, then you have a much easier time finding those people because you know where those people live. They live in Williamsburg. They live in the West Village. Like, you can find them by location. You can find them by the things that they're buying, and you can um, target them there. So it's interesting, like, even because, and for those who are listening, like, it's, P and I have talked before, and she knows my ass, but it's never, like, we've never really sat down and talked about NYC truck food, for example, but, like, just what I think my target market is, people who eat on food trucks, obviously, is way too generic, and you're just off the top of your head, and you're doing the second level at this point, where you're pointing out these very specific targets um, for these users. And, and and that's something that's important. Like you know, I have a I have a couple of clients who have come to me with products, and they go, "This is who I want to target to." And I'm like, "But you're missing these other targets. You can repackage and rebrand it for them, and you can hit these other targets." So it's also one of those things where know your targets, and if there are multiple targets, be able to appropriately brand for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, you know, I'm just making this up for the food trucks. I mean, there are multiple avenues that you could go to target for food trucks because there's lots of different kinds of people that eat it. But um, I think that a lot of business owners make the mistake of saying, oh, well, if I'm very specific, then I'll lose that other crowd of users. And that's just not true. Um, quite the opposite. When you are very specific about who you're targeting, all the peripheral people will still be interested and probably more interested in that product because at least it has a personality that they can hop onto. And I'll give you a quick example. Um, and this is this is a luxury example, so I mean, I think it's it applies the same way. Um, 
there are, you know, people sell multi-thousand dollar bags at Bloomingdale's and these very ritzy luxury brands. But all these people um, walk around with these purses and they can't afford them. So it wasn't marketed to those people, but those people still want to buy it. So that's just an example of how narrowing your target doesn't mean eliminating the other customers. Right. That's an interesting way to think about it because, like, there's definitely products that are out there that, like, I've wanted even though I'm definitely not the target market. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, do you think that that inspires the – are they angling for, like, the jealousy factor? Like, oh, this person has this or, you know, and I want it, so I'm going to go get it even though I'm not really clearly the target market for – Right. Well, that's what I said about subconscious. I mean, nobody's thinking like, I'm not the target market for that, but I want it anyway. Um, it's it's more that uh, for, for luxury brands, it's aspirational. So I like what that stands for, and I want to be a part of that. And if I purchase this item, I'll feel like I bought a piece of that world. Um, but there's there's that works across all uh, price points. Uh, I'll give you another example. Um, there's a some of you might know this company, fastest growing e-commerce company called um, Nasty Gal. And the woman who started it, it's this kind of uh, seemingly fringe styled women's clothing uh, with very edgy styling to the models. Honestly, it's not even that edgy. It's just not the, the kind of normal stuff. It's not my style, but I remember it. And if I if I was looking for something that was going to be a little out there in that direction that I don't usually dress in that way, I would go there to buy it. So I'm not their target market, but I'll still buy things from them because right. it holds a place in my mind. I'm on the website right now. We'll put you know f- we'll put it in the show notes. But I mean, these are these are definitely very Williamsburgy like <laughs> clothes. I'm looking at this. The main picture has a picture of uh, Lena Dunham with a shirt that says, "I like it in my ear," and it's a, it's a <laughs> it's a thing from Pioneer. It's it's a headphone company. Um, but yeah, no, that's funny that like these things, and this is what this all goes back to exactly what you were saying before, how it it, it brings up this emotional connection uh, to the product. Okay, so these people who are starting their own companies, uh, my my listeners, my capitalizers, mm-hmm. my my peoples, um, so. They've done this this second level, I'm going to call it a deep dive into their thing. What do they do from there? Um, well, once you get the general idea, um, it's valuable to sum it up in as few words as possible, come up with a concise way of saying it. Um, you know, and the, I think of it as a, a funnel. You go in as specific as possible, and then from there you go back out. So, like an hourglass. Okay. Um, so, the next thing is how are you going to communicate this, both through words and through all of your visuals? So, obviously, everybody knows you need a website these days. Um, you know, everyone starts with their logo and their business cards, but. Uh, few people start with that message and positioning. They they try to do that after. And I strongly urge you to think about that messaging and that positioning first because the next step is what does a logo look like that represents that message? And, and how do I explain that, whether it's through a, a tagline or through just the main message on your homepage of your website or how you talk about your company when somebody asks you, what do you sell? You know, um, you don't just say what the product is explain what's cool about it right. and why people should care about it 
And this is something which is a little bit, I'm going to say this is out of your scope, but if you guys listen to the other episodes where we've had some patent and trademark lawyers on, your message that you're getting out there is something that's trademarkable and that it represents, and then you're using it for yourself, right? So there are these companies that have, you know, like Nike, for example, everybody knows Nike's brand is just do it. That's a trademarkable thing. And that also explains what they're what they're trying to push, which is just go out there and do whatever it is. In this case, sports, and and that's how you remember their brand. These these little things that P is discussing here about how to communicate it and how to concise it into like I call it an elevator pitch, but really it's you know one sentence, so maybe you know fifteen words or less. And that's your you can trademark that, and then that becomes your not mission statement but that's your brand right there yep um so okay so we have now so we have our brand we have our thing so the the real question now would be how do you is this something that you have to stay consistent with can it change um what happens if it changes like how do people pivot on their on their brand and how do they do it successfully sure well you know, there's definitely something to be said for consistency. Certainly, um, at any particular moment, everything that you put out there should be consistent. Because when we talk about emotional experience, again, it's not just from the one interaction somebody has with you. It's from the interactions that they have with you over the uh, over a period of time that really creates that experience. So you don't just see one Mercedes commercial and it's and you've never seen it before, and afterwards you're just like, oh my god, Mercedes is amazing. It's over time the experience of seeing it in a magazine, in a in a uh, on a commercial on a billboard, whatever it is, hearing people talk about it. All of that creates that experience. Um, so consistency is important. That said, I, uh, I'm a firm believer, especially for small businesses, to get your things out there as soon as possible and see what the market thinks. And you can pivot. I wouldn't pivot constantly, but you know, if you find out that there's one part of your message that people are really loving and talking about and asking you about, Pivoting might just be focusing in on that piece, and when you start a business, you're not going to you're not going to hit the nail on the head right from the beginning. So you're going to be constantly refining this message. But you know, I would hope that you would be going deeper and deeper and more specific, as opposed to completely changing your target market every few months. Right. That would be that wouldn't be very effective. No, that would be horrible. Yeah, that would be, that <laughs> It'd be a lot of work. work. Yeah. And it'd be a lot of work on your part. I mean, you're you're building momentum by having that consistency over time. Right. Um, all right, so what do let's talk a little bit about what you you do at Worst of All Design if someone needed your help. Um, so we work with uh, existing businesses, usually giving them their first uh, professional brand. So a lot of people are able to start a business and sell things without any of this, um, without thinking about this stuff too much. And what we do is take them from that to something that's consistent so that their marketing efforts are all kind of supercharged. Um, we do that over long periods of time, but actually we've been doing a lot of um, what we call a brand slam uh, recently. Brand slams are uh, branding in a really intensive environment with our team and the client in our office over uh, 
a short period of time, one, two, or three consecutive days, and we execute everything for the client. So after we help them figure out what that message and position is going to be, we design their logo, we write their their brief, we write their copy, we design and build their website, we design their uh their business cards and their marketing materials and we order them and by the time they leave they're set and ready to go and and it's it's really intense but what we've found is that the outcome is so valuable and it allows our clients to start selling and not dilly-dally with you know uh the the shade of purple on their website and which a lot of people get stuck on the details like that because they are a little scared to start selling and my philosophy is like get out there you know start start shouting about your product from the rooftops they need to start selling in order to pay you for your for your yeah exactly (laughs) exactly so we i mean yeah and that's why we've started letting people pay on a monthly basis uh because to me it's like i i know how powerful this stuff is i've i've felt it in my own company and i've seen it in my clients um and so if you if you do it right uh it can make your sales efforts so much easier it just greases the wheels and this is this is good because like um for those who are starting out like People are afraid, and it's understandable. It's a new venture for you. I'm afraid to get out there. This helps definitely not only put your product in a light that is very easily uh, noticeable, but it also helps get you motivated. I mean, I've like I said earlier, I've worked with Pia. I didn't do the, the brand slam, but um, after my well, – we had like a two-hour meet. It was supposed to be an hour yeah, meeting. and I We went did to a like, brand shrink. I did a brand shrink, right. It was supposed to be an hour, and I think I was there for three hours because I didn't stop talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the the few minutes that we were together, like I took all that stuff and ran with it. And, and it really gets you motivated to get behind your product as well. Yeah, and, you know, it's – um. I'll tell you, we, we brought in consultants as we've developed our brand too because it's very hard to do it just in your own head. So another piece of advice I would give if you're not going to seek you know, professional branding um, help, uh, bounce it off of different people and, and just see what they think and, and try to get people to regurgitate back to you what they see is your value add because um, third-party opinions uh, can be re- really valuable. And not, and not just... Any, definitely not people who are. Well, your target market. Yeah, you want to target your target market, right? You don't yeah. want to like. Don't ask your mom when yeah. you're trying to sell to your sister. Like, yeah, I'm trying to like. I asked my dad. I'm like, Dad, what do you think of this app? And he looks at me. He's like, What's it? I don't even know what an iPhone is. Like, he just doesn't get it. Um. So yeah, know who your target market is, and that goes that goes to doing a little prelim research as well, right? Um. Don't just come if you have an idea. Don't just start branding and selling. Clearly, do a little research beforehand and see if there is a target market, uh, even if it's a broad one. And then you can work on, on building a brand with um, and and shrinking that you know getting your target market a little more specified. So let me let me ask you a question. As a branding person, who do you think right now is doing awesome branding? Um, good question. Well, I mean, Nasty Gal's top of mind because I pulled it up too, but I think, uh, she's killing it. And I think that, uh, she's a good example of taking a stand and doing something that, especially at the time, seemed a little risque. I mean, if you look at it, you know, I don't think it's risque, but I can see how other people might. Um, but she went with it because it was very authentic to her. Right. 
Um, I'll give you another example. Uh, a friend of mine owns a company called Mod Restoration, and she has a very high-end uh, furniture restoration company. And the reason, and it's it's basically fashion meets furniture. It's very expensive, um, really high quality, but uh, it's really authentic to her. She said, you know, I thought of furniture restoration as like an old grandma thing to do. But here I am, someone who loves fashion and loves luxury fabrics and luxury clothes. And I paired that with like gorgeous antique furniture and she's killing it because she just, she, she merged two things together that haven't really, there's, there was no, nobody in that space and she's really dominated it through her own efforts and a lot of um, digital marketing. Right. I'm taking a look right now at some of the pieces that she's put together um, these are pretty awesome. How huh? she's she's taking like what you would see in your grandma's house, probably covered in plastic, and she's making it sexy and Williamsburg appropriate again with the Williamsburg. <laughs> well, I live in Williamsburg. I know, no. Yeah. So for the rest of the world who doesn't live in Williamsburg, the Williamsburg is its own little country. It's its own little world. <laughs> it's its own little world inside of Brooklyn. Uh, and and if you're from Williamsburg. Much like Hotel California, you never want to leave Williamsburg. Um, and people just, it, it's a very different sense of style. So maybe if you went to, if anyone who's listening goes to Mod Restoration, you might not like the style that you see, but the concept is still there. Um, so I want to talk to you just or, or, as we wrap up. Um, um, for anyone who's listening who doesn't already know, I'm hosting a conference in uh, New Orleans in May for Apple consultants for business, and Pia is going to be speaking there. Hopefully, right? We're gonna we're gonna queue up. We're gonna figure out these details, but you're yeah. definitely on the list. Um, and we're gonna talk about branding for Apple consultants. So, is, do you think there is a difference for branding for services than there is for products? Uh, y- you know the basic concept is the same. Um, I think that there is more uh, flexibility on price when it comes to a service. That's not always true. I mean, there are products where you can basically charge whatever you want, um, like luxury goods. But, uh, you know, it really depends on the service and it really depends on the product. I Mm -hmm. would say that the core of branding is the same across services and products. Uh, What I would also like to add on that is um, a huge reason to brand and the the reason that I try to help people brand is because it allows you to charge more. And to me, like if you're starting your own business, you're doing it for at least partially for lifestyle reasons. You know, you want to work for yourself and you want to have an awesome business that you're proud of. And the more you can charge and the higher your profit margins are, uh, the better the business is for you. And that's Um, what it's all about is making money. And... No, it's about, it, that's what I'm saying. It's not all about making money. You want to make money and not be slaving away. And profit margins are determine oh, yeah. that. Yeah. So uh, so product or service, it's it's all about the profit margins to me. All right. That sounds good. All right, Pia, where can people find you online? Uh, you can go to my website, uh, worstofalldesign.com. Um, and if you liked this interview and you want to uh, shoot me a question, uh, my email is pia at worstofalldesign.com. Com. And we'll put all that in the in the show notes. Pia, thanks so much for being here. My pleasure, Justin. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks. I told you guys it was going to be good, right? So some interesting things here is that 
you you part you use this branding as part of your marketing scheme and you build off of that. You use this branding and you stick with it so that way you do your social media right and you do your website right and you have your logo right and all this stuff. And and then you and you you know sometimes you got to pivot, sometimes you got to change it up and that's okay. Don't think that if it doesn't work within a week or a month it's not working because sometimes marketing efforts take longer. Sometimes you need to to you know it needs a 6 month trial but then you can start doing what we call a b testing um which we'll get into another day but essentially it's you market the same product two different ways at the same time and see which one does better but the everything that the pia talked about is really important because you you want to make sure that you're you're hitting all those levels with your clients right you want to hit that first level that that defining level and that second level where you're going a little more deep and trying to get them to understand what your product is. Much like we talked about the Mercedes-Benz, right? First level was luxury. And the second level is, what is it about this particular style of luxury? Um, what makes this luxury different than any other luxury? Is it the the leather? Is it the, the wood paneling on the inside? How is this luxury different than any other car that claims to be luxury those kind of things so you want to hit on both those levels and your brand really will help you define that so thanks so much for pia uh for being on the show again if you do pick this up because this will drop monday the something i gotta look at a calendar real fast monday the 10th um that that night at 6 30 p.m is going to be the iam meeting inventor association of manhattan um so find that on meetup um i'll put it in the show notes and check that out if you can meet up otherwise reach out to p at our website and guys again thanks for listening this week and we'll be back next week with another great interview right here on the Apple on your idea podcast have a good one